MSNBC every Sunday morning. I'm thankful for the platform. But we are living in a weird time. And we all have to submit, those who are Christian men especially, we must submit to a doctrine of truth. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this moment in time. We are thankful for the love and the life of your son, Jesus Christ. We are thankful for these men who are boldly professing what you have done for them. Heavenly Father, we pray, God, that you bless this preaching moment. Heavenly Father, decrease me and increase you. Heavenly Father, let your words speak through this vessel. Anoint me with your courage and your light. It is in Jesus' name. We love you, Father. Amen. 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 Today, I want to share the character of an overcomer. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, the character of an overcomer. If you will turn with me in your Bible to the book of Daniel, a familiar passage, the book of Daniel, chapter 3, and we will begin at verse 13. Mm -hmm. If you got it, say, I got it. I got it. If you don't have it, say, hold on, preacher. If you can't find it, you know you can go to the front of the Bible and it'll tell you where. Come on now. Amen. Amen. The character of an overcomer. We're going to read chapter 3, beginning at verse 13 to 14, and then I'm going to pick back up at verse 19 and finish at verse 25. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods? Or worship the gold image which I have set up. Let's go down to verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. Somebody say fury. fury. And the expression on his face changed. Somebody say the change up. The change up. Toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound, somebody say bound, in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments. And they were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent 
and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm -hmm. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, somebody say, fell down, yeah. bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True. O king, mm -hmm. look, he answered, I see four men, somebody say four men, four men. loose, walking in the midst of the fire, Jesus. and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God, Amen. the character of an overcomer. Mm -hmm. Let me give you some historical context to the scripture. Nebuchadnezzar is king of the Chaldeans. Him being king of the Chaldeans gives him total authority over the government of Chaldea. There were these three Hebrew boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They wanted to work for the government of the Chaldeans. In order to be employed by the Chaldeans, they had to submit an application to the king. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, gave them a good job. I mean, this job had government benefits and all. Come on, somebody. Y'all got some good jobs, too. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they took this good job, even though it was outside of their Hebrew culture or their Hebrew faith, they worked for the government of this king. But then the king finally did something. Now, don't think this was the first time Nebuchadnezzar was off his rocker. But Nebuchadnezzar finally did something that totally crossed the line. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing new about line crossers in government. But finally, Nebuchadnezzar did something that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego employees of the Chaldean government could not go with. So this head of government sent out a decree and the decree was that everybody who works for me must bow down to this new image that I've created out of gold. Not the entire empire, let's not go that far. But just those who work for my cabinet, they must pledge allegiance. Oh, y'all not talking. They must pledge allegiance to what I've created. Not asking everybody to do it. Just those I appointed in my government. I see, I see, I see. I see. All of the other employees were down with the program. Not because they love Nebuchadnezzar, but because they love the safety and the power of their position. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So this decree went out to only government employees and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego picked up the decree and they all read it and looked at each other. And they said, we can't go for this now. That's a whole lot we can sign off on, but we can't sign off 
on actually worshiping another God. But here's the truth. There are many false gods. Yeah, money is a false god. Your material possessions can be a false god. But your reputation can become a false god too. Look at what people would do to save reputation. They'll cheat for it. They'll lie for it. It becomes their false god. Anytime you stand up for truth, it may cause you a real world penalty. Let's go to verse 19. When these Hebrew boys decided to stand up for truth because they are displaying a character of overcoming. Nebuchadnezzar got angry with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the expression on his check on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just a few verses before that, when the king got word that these three employees would not do what he wanted them to do, he had such fondness for these three Hebrew boys. He said, just, just bring them to me. I'll give them another chance. Anytime you're doing right, the enemy will present a whole lot of chances for you to do wrong. And it wasn't the first time they rejected the decree of Nebuchadnezzar. It actually was the second time they rejected this decree. In the New Testament of Scripture, the disciples were asked a question. Jesus says to these men, what are people saying about me? Who do people say that I am? And the disciples started giving all of these answers. Well, some say you're a Messiah. Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're this. Some say you're that. And Jesus then internalized the question in the moment. And he said, well, who do you say that I am? And out of all of these 12 men who had walked with Jesus, who saw the miracles of Jesus, none of them answered but one. Come on now. One man answered the question. And he said, you are the Christ, son of the living God. Jesus turned around and said, blessed are you, Barjonas. I want you to remember that name, Barjonas. He said, blessed are you, Barjonas, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And because of this, I will now name you Petra or Peter. And that's where we get the word rock from. And upon this rock or upon this Petra, I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what happened in this divine exchange? Literally, Bar-Jonas, which means son of Jonas, that represented his limitation on this earthly plane. He was son of somebody else. You have no independence when you're the son of somebody else. Your name is son of of Jonas. No longer are you son of Jonas. I will call you Peter. Mm, mm. 
Not only did he redefine his destiny, he redefined his name. Yeah. Now, why is that important? Because in this exchange, I see a value lesson for all men. Until you commit yourself to figure out who Jesus is, you will never figure out who you are. Say that. Say that. Once Bar-Jonas committed himself to figuring out who Jesus was for him, Mm -hmm. Jesus made sure Peter understood who he was to God. Let's go to verse 20 in our original text. And the command, and he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. He commanded his army. This is a corrupt action. There is nothing new about corruption in government. Oh, come on now. Yeah. He commanded his army yes. yeah. to assassinate federal employees my, my. because my, my. he did not like their independent conversation. My, come on, my, somebody. My, my. This is corruption yes. in government. Yes. The army submitted to the will of Nebuchadnezzar outside of the Chaldean policy. Mm-hmm. In verse 21, the Bible says, Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments. The reason why that's important in scripture is because it was actually against the law to burn a man in his garments. It created an unbearable pain. They are already breaking their own laws, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. because of the haste mm-hmm. of this decree. Yeah, yeah. So they bound these men, threw them inside of this burning, fiery furnace, and all of their garments, contrary to their own customs, mm-hmm. traditions, policies, statutes, and laws. Yeah, yeah. And everybody in the government is still going along with it, yeah. except for Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego. Therefore, because the king's command, verse 22, therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, it's important to pause on that just for a moment because literally the same corruption they partook in is the same corruption that killed them. The same corruption they partook in was the same corruption that destroyed them. In verse 23 it says, And these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now, some theologians will suggest 
that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down because of the thrust of the throw. Well, my Bible just told me that the men who put them in died. So I don't think it was from the thrust of the throw. I believe as soon as they went into the middle of this fire, yes. they saw Jesus. Yes, yes. And they fell down in an act of submission yes. to the Creator. They knew exactly who to call on in the middle of the fire. Yes. Now watch this. Verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose in haste and spoke saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered to the king and said, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loosed, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Yes. But at first, they were bound, and now they're loose. I submit to you that the fire from the furnace was hot enough to burn the ropes from around their hands and burn the ropes from around their ankles. But it wasn't, burnt, it wasn't hot enough to burn them. That's how God would transform fire in your life. Come on now. I've been through fire. You've been through fire. Don't run from it. God never said fire wouldn't happen. He just said, I got your back when it does. Yes, yes. The very thing that was created to destroy these brothers became the very thing that elevated them to greatness. Yes. They stopped being Hebrew boys in that moment and became Hebrew men. Yes. Now, here's a question that is rarely asked, but I ask a lot of questions. I'm a political analyst. So my question was, what in the world made Nebuchadnezzar believe that these three Hebrew boys would ever go with this program in the first place. He knew he was hiring three Hebrews that worshipped a Hebrew God. But he was under the impression that these Hebrews would absolutely subscribe to this new ideology of God and government. Well, if you do a little research, you will find that their real names were never Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, the Chaldean king renamed them. Their original names that Mama them called them was Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That was their Hebrew name. That Hebrew name let everyone know that they worship a Hebrew God. Yes. Those Hebrew names let everyone know that they had Hebrew value. Right. But in order to accept this Chaldean paycheck, mm. you must be called Shadrach, mm. Meshach, mm. and Abednego. Mm. Be careful what you let people call you. My mind. Be Say careful it. what you let people call you. That's right. But there was that moment, that moment 
where they realize they were never Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What that Chaldean decree came to them, it came to a Chaldean name. And when they read that decree, they had to make a decision. And the decision was, we are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Mm -hmm. And we're going to act like it. Yes, yes. Brothers, I tell you, we are not yes. what the world has called us. Yes. We are not what the media has called us. That's right. We are children of the Most High. Yeah. I'm going to close on this. There was a young man, young brother in my neighborhood um, that went by another name. He went by the name Ray Ray. Y'all laughing. Y'all doing Ray Ray right now. Some of y'all might like be called Ray Ray on the streets. And Ray Ray got into a lot of trouble after he was put up for adoption. Uh, one night, Ray Ray was coming home. His mother was in the passenger side and her boyfriend was driving. And they just came from the grocery store. And if you've heard this story on the internet, just let me get to the end, all right? And Ray Ray went through the grocery bag in the backseat. Well, his mama's boyfriend got real upset about this action. And he pulled the car over and he said, boy, who told you to go through those groceries? Ray Ray mumbled something off. He was about 10 years old. And this man got out of the car, opened the back seat door and beat him. And beat him so bad. And Ray Ray says he thought that the memory of the man beating him would be the most powerful memory he had and it wasn't. It was the memory of his mother looking at him from the front seat in between every punch. And she was powerless. And Ray Ray looked at his mama and said, Mama, don't let this man hit me again. When he was finished, he threw Ray Ray back into the back seat, drove to the house. Ray Ray jumped out of the car, ran into the home, Locked all the doors, made sure the windows were shut, and he called 911. <laughs> the police did arrive. The operator stayed on the phone until they did. Ray Ray heard the police outside. He put his ear to the door because finally this monster was going to go to jail for what he did. Ray Ray had a black eye, busted lip. And he heard the officer say, Mr. Commissioner, what seems to be the problem. Ray Ray was too young to understand exactly what that meant, but he was old enough to understand it meant this man was not going to jail for what he did. The police officer then threatened Ray Ray and said, if you don't unlock these doors, I will have to take you to jail. He unlocked the doors, ran back to his room, and Ray Ray talked to nobody. He woke up the next morning earlier than he ever did to go to school, just wanted to get out of the house. He waited for his bus for two or three hours early in the morning. He went to school with a black eye and a busted lip and nobody ever questioned it. When he came back home, he went as he would 
any day tried to open his front door. In Ray Ray's mind, he already contemplated how he was going to apologize to the man who beat him. His key didn't work. Ray Ray ran to the back of the house and his back door key did not work. He saw five black trash bags but thought nothing of it. When he ran back to the front of the house, there was a white van. And this woman steps out and she says with the most apologetic look on her face, Ray Ray, I'm so sorry. I was supposed to be here earlier. And Ray Ray is frantic. He's saying, where is my mother? Why can't I get inside of my house? And this woman says, if you get in the van, I can tell you everything. But I need you to get into the van. Ray Ray hurries into this van. Two brothers step out and they put these five trash bags into the van as well. That's when this woman informs Ray Ray that his mother gave him up for adoption and he is now a ward of the state of Georgia. Ten years old, world upside down, old enough to understand everything but too young to understand it all. Ray Ray then migrated eventually to stay with his dad in Atlanta at 11 years old, but his dad had a crack addiction. So the streets gobbled up Ray Ray. At 12 years old, Ray Ray was in a gang. At 13 years old, Ray Ray was a drug dealer. At 15 years old, Ray Ray went to jail for crack cocaine with intent to distribute trafficking. At 17, Ray Ray was facing 22 years in prison. Ray Ray found God inside of that jail. At 17, Ray Ray saw a guy in jail from his old neighborhood. And Ray Ray ran up to this brother and hugged him, forgot completely he was in jail. And the guy's name was Psycho. I know these nicknames, right? And he went and he hugged Psycho and he said, Psycho, it's so good to see you. And Psycho tossed Ray Ray off of him and said, don't you ever call me that again. My name is Ronnie Purvis. You see, Psycho had come to the Lord inside of that jail. Oh my, yes, yes. Ray Ray said to Psycho, man, you can miss me with all that because as soon as you get out, you're going to go back to doing the same thing. Ronnie said, I'm in here for manslaughter. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Well, Ray Ray stayed inside of that jail. Ray Ray saw Psycho, a.k.a. Ronnie Purvis, actually commit himself to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. He saw him read the Bible. He saw him provide guidance to other brothers. He saw him lead prayer. And Ray Ray, on one night, six months into incarceration, accepted Jesus Christ himself inside of that Amen. Well, at that point, Ray Ray said, I'm going to take these years and I will be to every man what Ronnie has been to me. I will lead them to Jesus. On Christmas Eve, after Ray Ray was incarcerated for one year, on Christmas Eve, the guard yelled on the loudspeaker, Ray Ray, pack it up. And everybody in the dorm 
said, leave that kid alone, man. It's Christmas Eve. Because God's used to play with folk yeah. on holidays like that. Yeah. And he said, no, somebody paid this kid's bail. $22,000. Ray Ray is getting out of this jail. He's free mentally. He's free spiritually. But nobody knew about his transformation in the streets. So he's wondering who in the world posted this bail. Right. When he gets outside of the jail, there's a woman named Abernita Powell, one of his foster moms from back in the day. And she said, God told her to get you out of jail. My, my. She said she couldn't sleep. Mm. Well, Ray Ray was happy. Ray Ray went to the closest church to that home on that Sunday. On Christmas Day, he had no gift, but he had the greatest gift of all. Yes. His mental freedom. Yes. And his soul was intact. Yes. Amen. Amen. He became a youth minister in a small United Methodist church. Ray Ray had already messed up all of his high school, so he had to take a GED. And he took his GED and his SAT, scored pretty well. Uh, today, Ray Ray has an MBA, a PhD, is working on his second doctorate at Clark Atlanta yes, University. Yes. And you're looking at Ray Ray right now. I just want to tell you, brothers and sisters, whatever they have said, you were. Whatever the interpretation may be about you, you are not a summary of your mistake.